This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and here to take our leadership to the next level. Like none other, we have Dr. Richard Blackaby. <laughs> I'll do what I can, Sam. Well, you've just uh, just touched down here uh, from uh, several days, maybe almost about, two about, weeks. Oh, yeah, about 12 days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Argentina, so you made the, the grand tour. Yeah. Um, it was your first time? First time. To Argen- it was great, Argentina. too, I tell you. There, Great people, great responses, uh, great food. Of course, yeah. they're proud of their meat. Uh, they're proud of their ice cream there, I found out. And I feel like, they, you know, if there's a place you have to visit, and there's they, have, great they have baking, great steak. Baking, ice cream, and steak. Yeah. Like, it sounded like God was in that for me. I needed to go. <laughs> yeah, you, you felt now, now. I need to be now. God is telling me I need to be on a diet. <laughs> yeah, you felt the calling. Well, you know, it's a. <laughs> That's a place that's uh, certainly high on our list uh, to visit, and we were going to yeah. before before COVID. We were actually on the plane about to embark on a trip to Argentina when we decided to... When COVID when hit COVID, with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a story that's for another time. Yeah, you and Carrie and Claire actually got off the plane. You already yeah. boarded with, with last your seatbelt on. Like they were, you know, this was like when everything was breaking and you know, travel from Europe was being shut down and so it was uh and you thought not a good time yeah, to go so, to south maybe america we'll stay and then and then we're very glad we did but we still want to get down there oh, yeah. uh, well all that out of the way uh by the time um this airs uh you will be at the southern baptist convention yeah uh, 2023 uh you're, you're about to head that way in a couple of days speaking of food we'll be going to new orleans this year oh man yeah that's <laughs> you've got to got to try a few things oh, down there boy. it's just one a, of my favorite places to eat yeah it's it's a delicious city i'll, I'll say that <laughs> um but uh so that 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 happens every every year and we typically have a booth there so one if you're at the SBC and you're listening to this uh, uh, at the SBC, yeah. then then stop by and go say, to the exhibit hall. We'll yeah, uh, say hello. Black Ministries International will have a booth there, right next yeah. to the Canadian Seminary booth that I that I used to lead. Yeah, exactly. So we yeah. keep it keep it all in the family there. But uh, when when people hear of the SBC. Um, chances are there's a lot of uh, uh, negative connotations. There's, you know, there's maybe even some eye rolling that happens uh, when you hear about the Southern Baptist Convention. They say, oh boy, yeah, you know, they've they've got some problems. They've been in the news a lot recently. There's, uh, you could you could probably make a laundry list of, of the issues uh, plaguing uh, the SBC. Um, nonetheless, there are lots of great people involved with it. And uh, I thought what we would do today is look at what do you what do you do uh, when you're in an organization? Maybe it's a convention, maybe it's a denomination, maybe it's a church um, that is uh, you know maybe doing things you disagree with or uh, they have problems. When do you say enough is enough and and I'm out of here? How do you how do you approach that? Like because yeah. obviously they don't necessarily speak for every member. Uh, of the SBC, but but you know how do you how do you approach that? Yeah, and I don't want to get necessarily real specific just with the SBC, but I think it does. It's interesting. I've been watching a lot of the write ups, uh, the the social media posting about the upcoming meeting, and uh, 
And there are people that are upset with things that are happening there. There's people announcing they're leaving the denomination after growing up in it all their life. Uh, there's others uh, very defensive about things. And um, it sounds a lot like a uh, heated family gathering in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it does raise a question. Uh, when you are a part of an organization that is, is maybe going through some troubled waters, uh, at what point are you justified in walking away and saying, I just don't need to be a part of this? Uh, and I think a lot of people are asking that. And sometimes yeah. it could be, as you said, uh, in a whole denomination that is drifting. Uh, maybe it's becoming more liberal. Maybe it's just it's your things are being exposed and you're disappointed in how the leaders have led. Um, maybe it's just a local church uh, that maybe it's just very localized to the particular church that you're in. And, and I've had a lot of people ask me very in anguished tones, uh, I, is it time for my family and I just to find a different church to go to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and it may be even in the company. Uh, you might work, you might be employed by a particular company, but it has a new CEO, it's gone, going in a new direction, the culture seems to be getting darker, more negative, and uh, and you're beginning to wonder, should I start looking for a different place to work? Uh, those are all legitimate questions, and mm-hmm. things happen, and you have to, you're not stuck necessarily to... You're not consigned uh, for your whole life to remain in the same church or denomination or business that uh, yeah. you started out in. And so how, what do you do? How do you decide when it's time to make a move or not? And so... Yeah, we'd like to know that. <laughs> oh, you want me to talk yeah. about it? Oh, yeah, okay. when should we? <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to just give you some uh, random thoughts, a couple of things I think that are important to consider, at least, as you're making a decision like that. And one is that every... Every organization has problems. In fact, uh, I've had some people that have been quite critical of the Southern Baptist Convention. I think many of you know that's the the denomination I've grown up in all my life. So I'm a lifelong, I was born into that uh, denomination. I'm still in it. Um, And so as someone who's been in it a long time, I've seen lots of things over the years. And I'll have people that will message me and say, hey, you're... You're still with that group, uh, and I just heard that there's this scandal, there's that scandal. How can you, how can you stay in uh, when they do stuff like that? And I, and I, of course, that's that's a that's a fair question. But I I'd begin by saying, well, first of all, let's just acknowledge that I could leave this denomination, go to a different one, but that the different one would also have problems. It would have yeah. its own scandals, its own issues. So simply because a place or a church has some issues, it, if you leave, and I know some people who do, pretty well every time there's a new problem, they just up and leave that place and until there's a problem in the new place they go to. Um, and you know, there are times where I think you also have to be careful because— um, and I'm certainly not here trying to defend somebody's convention at this point, but I would say sometimes when issues come into the media, um, I'm in, I'm encouraged because whether they wanted it to get in the media or not, uh, now they're at least addressing it. And so the fact that you even know about some of these problems means that it's been brought to the surface. It's being addressed. Mm-hmm. And I'd in, in many ways, I'd rather be in an organization that is at least addressing its issue. You might not even agree with how they're addressing it, but 
at least it's being addressed. Sometimes I'm more concerned about the problems I don't know about yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the problems not being addressed, the, the problems not being exposed. And so um, you, I think that uh, you have to at least begin by saying simply because there's a problem. And, 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 and there are some people that are purists. If there's anything, I mean, if it is off even half a degree from where you think it ought to be, you're packing your bags and you're leaving. And I would say, well, uh, I don't think you want to just leave every time a place has a problem because yeah. you'll, you'll. Well, people you, like that need to learn to live out of a suitcase. Yeah. And you, and you are, that's what uh, oftentimes leads to people being church hoppers where uh, they just keep moving around and they just have a trail of very shallow, short term stays in different places before they found something that they disagreed with there as well and they kept on moving so uh, it, sometimes you know as the adage goes uh, sometimes it's better to stick with the problems you know than the problems you don't know yet uh, we do have problems but at least those are being brought to the surface mm -hmm. they're being addressed at least I know what these problems are um, and so maybe to begin with that and then a second question I think that's always very important to ask, and that is, did God bring me here? Now, in my case, my parents brought me there. I was born into a particular denomination, but my parents actually, well, my mother grew up in that denomination. My dad embraced it. My dad didn't grow up in that denomination. He ultimately chose it, uh, embraced it, and because he chose it, that's how I grew up. But um, but I think you need to ask yourself, uh, for instance, maybe the church that you're in, did you get saved in that church? Uh, did you maybe move to that city and pray and seek and search and ask God's guidance? And then ultimately, were you led to that church? Uh, I think how, how you got to where you are, whatever it is, a local church, a denomination, a, a company, you prayed Here's three different uh, job openings. Lord, which one should I apply for? And maybe you really felt like God gave you the job that you're in right now. And maybe if, at first you were quite excited about it, but now things have gone south for you. Uh, but did God put me there? And if he did, then I typically feel that if God brought you somewhere, only God can take you away. And so... Uh, I, just because there's a problem doesn't mean God wants you to leave. You need to go to God and ask him. And don't assume that. I, I know a lot of people that just assume if something doesn't meet my standard, I'm sure God doesn't want me to stay. But I don't know that they've necessarily truly asked for God's guidance. Uh, yeah. I think they've just made some assumptions. And so did God put you where you are? And if so, then humbly, honestly, sincerely ask God if he wants you to leave. Uh, and don't assume that God wants you to leave every time there's a problem. Uh, that's not necessarily so. Uh, and the third thing, just to go with that is, uh, maybe to underline that, is uh, sometimes when there's a problem in an organization, that's when God wants you to stay. And I've always thought about people like uh, Moses and Caleb and Joshua, because course, when the, when the spies all return and give the bad report, uh, the people are all uh, filled with fear and, they, and uh, they're discouraged and they, they don't want to obey God. Uh, and of course, at that point, 
Joshua and Caleb are like, hey, we could take it right now. Let's go. Like, we don't want to wait. Yeah, 40 they, years they could have wilderness. had a denominational split and all those. Yeah, they Joshua could have had a vote and said, okay, who's who's with Moses and Joshua and Caleb? Come over here and uh, we'll just have a remnant go in. But that's not the way God chose to do it. God kept everybody out for 40 years. And I've often thought to myself, how hard would that have been yeah. to be someone like a Joshua that was fully convinced that God would have given the land to them right then? And instead, uh, they are. Con- what, what does God do? He assigns them to spend the next 40 years performing funerals, uh, ministering to the, the, uh, the grieving that have lost their parents uh, in the wilderness. And my dad used to always say, God does not release Joshua and Caleb just because the people they were associated with made some bad decisions. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. my dad used to say, though the Israelites needed Moses and Joshua and Caleb more than ever now because they were going through the most one of the most difficult times in their life. They're just wandering aimlessly in the wilderness, going nowhere for the rest of their life, where God has said there is no, you can repent, that's fine, but my will for you is not changing now. You are now consigned to suffer the consequences. Um, and so sometimes, uh, even though people aren't, uh, what you'd want them to be, that doesn't mean God releases you. Sometimes God says, and so because these people are not what they ought to be, they're going to need you more than ever. Mm. And I, I grew up uh, in the 60s, uh, which tells you how old I am. But um, but one of the mantras, and I was very young in the 60s. So, <laughs> Barely, but, yeah. But the... Um, uh, but the mantra there uh, among the hippies uh, was, if you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. And I've always thought that there's some merit to that statement. Um, either you're there helping make things better or you're a part of the problem. Uh, and simply abandoning God's people is not necessarily the number one option. And so for, for Moses and his faithful lieutenants, uh, the option wasn't there. Uh, they, I mean, at one point, God comes to Moses and says, why don't I just make a whole new nation out of you? Uh, I'm not quite sure how serious God was about that or if he was testing Moses, but Moses says, basically, he passes on that and says, well, here's all these people, Lord, and he intercedes on their behalf. And so for the next 40 years, Moses uh, ministers uh, to those people. But a a fourth thing, just to mention perhaps, is that uh, sometimes our calling is to minister to the remnant. And if you're in a church, maybe your church is going more and more liberal. Maybe the leadership is out of touch with God's will at that time. And so your thought is, well... The elders, the deacons, the pastors, the staff, uh, I don't like uh, where they're going. Uh, maybe we got a new pastor, and I just don't like the, the direction he's taken the church. Uh, and you think to yourself, I just need to move on. But sometimes the problem is, and I've seen this even with denominations that are becoming more liberal, is that there's a, there's a conservative remnant in the denomination or the church that aren't moving anywhere, but they're not, they're not happy either, but they're, they're not moving. And so they may actually need to have some people like you that can minister to them. I've, I've actually known people that, uh, the, the pastor 
uh, was not preaching biblical messages anymore, but there was a godly lay, lay person that was leading a Bible study that was very God-centered, and that's where people were getting fed or ministered to. And I've, I've known a number of cases where uh, someone, a godly servant of God, felt that they were called to stay with and minister to the remnant, the ones who didn't agree with where things were going, but for whatever reason, they weren't leaving. And mm-hmm. and so you, you got to remember that most organizations are not monolithic. They're not all just the very same. Uh, the, oftentimes, even the majority of people sometimes are being forced to follow the, the lead of the leader. Um, and to abandon the church means you abandon a bunch of people uh, now to their fate without any godly influence in their life to give them encouragement. Uh, and and along with that, sometimes God calls us to be leaven, where uh, things are shifting in a bad direction. Uh, you don't like uh, the direction that the organization is going but God might say to you, but I want you to be leaven. I want you to be light in an increasingly dark place. Uh, now, that's a tough calling. And if yeah. you've got, you know, maybe teenage kids going and that's their church, you might not, that might not be what you want for your family. But, um, but there are, there is a calling sometimes to say, if all the leaven just, you know, abandons ship the moment that things are going south, uh, the ship's going to sink even faster, uh, and sometimes maybe God wants you to to just stay right there. And I've I've thought to myself, boy, I tell you, every time a church starts to go through troubled waters, if all the strong leaders abandon ship, uh, that that sh- that ship just sinks and takes a lot of good people down with it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes your calling is to stay there. Uh, and if it's a church, for instance. Uh, there, there are times where uh, a pastor is eventually going to leave, and then you're going to say, "Now, where are the godly people left to steer this ship and help find a, a God's uh, pastor to to come in next?" Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think, oh, maybe that's a good place for a stop. Yeah, for a well, <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say, maybe we'll take a break there, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll wrap up in just a second. I'm very excited about the online class that BMI is offering, When God Speaks. This is the first book I ever wrote with my father and perhaps one of the most important issues you'll ever address. How do you know when God is speaking to you? God speaks in many different ways uh, and God always has something life-changing, something crucial that he wants to communicate with you. You can't afford to miss what God has to say to you. Sometimes he may speak out loud, but often he speaks in numerous other ways as well. And you need to be alert to the numerous ways God may be wanting to communicate His will with you. This is a six-week course in which we'll look at all the major issues related to God speaking to His people. It's full of videos and studies that you can do, um, and I know it will bless your life as you look very carefully at the various ways God may be wanting to communicate with you in these very important days in which we live today. Well, Richard, I know it, it can be very hard to uh, to be chosen as leaven or the yeast of, of the loaf. And, uh, you know, especially when it involves your family to, yeah. to be able to say, you know what, things are not how we would want them to be, but we feel called to stay at this church or denomination or organization or what have you. Um, what are, just in, in the time remaining, 
what what are some other encouragements that that we have or um, areas to to think about when we when we look at an organization that maybe isn't uh, going in a direction or or has problems uh, that, that that we see with it. Yeah, I think another another thing to think about is when you give up on an organization, you are also testifying about how powerful you think God is. Mm. You say even God couldn't turn this church around. Even God couldn't fix this denomination. That's why I've always, and you know me, that's why I cheered for 50 years for a losing uh, hockey team. Uh I, I, I'm very reluctant to give up on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful that God really cares about which team wins the Stanley Cup necessarily. But, uh, but uh, when it comes to churches, when it comes to denominations uh, that God does care about, um, I, I'm reluctant to ever just get to the point of saying, I've got to give up on this place. Uh, if mm-hmm. God doesn't give up on someone, or something, I'm reluctant to give up on it myself. And so uh, when people are quick to abandon ship, it, it tells me they don't have a very high view of what God can do. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, a, and, a, and another thing is just to say, even in the midst of troubled waters, God's at work. And my question is not, sometimes we get so fixated on the problems in an organization or in a denomination that we lose sight of what God's doing. And of course, Hmm. in a denomination uh, that's a a larger denomination, of course, there's lots of good things happening as well. It's not all bad by any means. In fact, the majority of, of what is happening is quite good. But the, the bad tends to get the headlines and yeah. be the center of attention. And, and you know, the leadership, I think the other thing, too, is the, the if there's issues in the leadership, that doesn't necessarily mean there are issues with the people that are being led right. as well. Right. So if you, if you don't like a pastor or what have you, you know, also think about, well, what's that congregation, you know, like, is, is it worth abandoning that congregation because right. you disagree with a few things the leader's doing. I mean, right. And it's, uh, uh, yeah. And I, I've often thought to myself, uh, you see a pastor perhaps that is exposed for moral, uh, failures of some kind. And, and so we be, be careful. We don't just throw a whole denomination overboard because a couple of its pastors have done wrongly because the vast majority of pastors have not committed sexual sin they've not abused people yeah uh, and so the just because the headlines shout out the names of some that have uh the vast majority don't and so uh you want to be careful that you don't sort of condemn a whole bunch of folks that are perfectly innocent uh, and and then i would just say that um god is still working god's still doing great things uh, in denominations. And, and I've seen this even just in local churches where the pastor might've been a shipwreck and, uh, some of the decisions the church leadership is making is, uh, awful right now, but there's a godly lay person who's been faithfully teaching a wonderful Bible study every week at the church and people are getting saved. There's new believers and they have a, a ministry to the marketplace, but they're based in a, church that's doing some unhealthy things right now. And I've seen where some of these godly people just felt like, I just feel like God wants me to be here. And 
God's at work. Maybe I work with college students and we're reaching a lot of students. I don't always like what they hear from the, the pulpit on Sundays, but, uh, but they come to my Bible study and we're seeing God transform lives. And so, uh, as my dad always taught, just keep your eye on what God's doing and make a beeline for that. And, and God often does some great work in the midst of uh, troubled places, uh, mm-hmm. where you might disagree with a lot, but, uh, but then you say, but yeah, but you can't argue that the, the, this church has gotten kind of gotten liberal, but uh, but you can't deny that this this man just got radically saved and his whole family is being transformed nonetheless. Uh, and so focus on that. Uh, and uh, and something that we'll we'll probably talk more about in a subsequent uh, podcast. But but whatever you decide, whether to, to stay or to go, uh, don't let the problems make you uh, have uh, a very critical spirit where you just become a negative critical person yeah. where it don't let it upon. make you cynical yeah, yeah. And, and i mean there i don't think you have to be naive there's certainly times where you can say well this clearly is a problem this needs to be addressed this needs to be changed i, I the leaders i don't believe are leading in a godly way here i mean you it's fine to acknowledge what's true but don't let that get into your heart where now you're uh, negative and critical and uh, you go to church with an attitude every week uh, or you just become hardened and now you're just firing off angry posts on social media all the time. Uh, deal with this. You go with God and say, God, what is it you'd have for me? But, uh, but don't let it get into your heart where you now become this cynical, negative, critical person yourself. Uh, and... Um, and I think you have to just also ask the Lord, and Lord, at this time, where can my life make the greatest impact? Uh, I've known churches where maybe dozens of the top leaders in the church all angrily left the church because they just disagreed with where the leadership was going. Uh, but then there was someone who said, but with all these people leaving, someone needs to stay on the board of elders or stay on the the deacon board or to stay on the, the church staff. Uh, I've, I've literally known uh, maybe a solitary church staff person that even though the rest of the staff were all going in a kind of negative direction, everybody knew that if you want some, one of the staff, if you got to go to a staff person for uh, ministry or godly counsel, there there is one that still really seems to walk with the Lord and mm. you, we want to go to that person and they they're still at the church and they're still ministering they're still witnessing and uh, and sometimes maybe God says I want you to be that person that lone uh, voice of truth that still that that still godly minister or church member that um, is a place of safety of a, a kind of a stronghold of righteousness in the midst of uh, a darkening place. Uh, where, where can your life make the most impact for the kingdom of God? And yeah. it's not always in the easiest place. Sometimes God has you be an outpost in a howling wilderness yeah. and you're the, you're the one safe person that God still is using. And, uh, you don't, and so don't ask, don't assume God just wants you to always avoid conflict or avoid, uh, challenging assignments uh, that might be that right now where your life could make the most difference mm-hmm. uh, is in perhaps uh, the hardest place. And well, and, you know, I've heard you say a number of times is that, you know, the light shines, you know, the the, the brightest in the darkest times. Right, and, you right. Know, better to be a bright light in a, in a dark environment than, 
you know, a bright light among other bright lights. I mean, yeah. that, that would certainly be easier, but you know, that, that can, you, you can have a bigger impact if you are the, that bright light and among the darkness. Right. And, you know, I've gone uh, to like the Southern Baptist convention a number of times. And sometimes people say, why even go to a meeting that's going to argue and bicker? There's going to be a fight over uh, elections or votes or different things. And I would tend to say, well, all the more reason why I want to be there. Now, I'm not going to necessarily get into the political realm. I'm not going to run for office necessarily, unless God really wrote that in the sky for me. But but could I be there just to minister to folks? And, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes uh, there could be some kind of contentious issues on the floor of the convention, and then people will come and find our booth and just be ministered to us. I've prayed with folks. I've counseled with folks, encouraged people. And in my and I just feel like even in just your little world, the little place that God's given you, uh, can you at least make that a little more positive? I, I'm not going to necessarily change a whole denomination, but but with those people that I come in contact with, can I bless them? Can I give them hope? Uh, mm-hmm. I remember a, a time or two ago, uh, a pastor had brought uh, three or four of his young men that he was investing in just to attend the convention, and uh, and they came by our booth, and I, I'm I'm meeting each one of these young folks that are all feeling led in some way into the ministry, and this faithful pastor investing his time in, in three or four young men that uh, he's investing his life in, and and uh, and I remember just taking time to pray over each one of them and to bless them and encourage them to be positive leaders in the days to come and thinking to myself, now, they're, who knows what they're arguing about on the convention floor right now, but over here in the exhibit hall, I just imparted a blessing over four young aspiring ministers. And so the the press is never going to tell that story. It's going to mm-hmm. tell about the close vote for president or whatever else was going on. Uh, but but what other people will never be aware of is that there's victories being won, there's encouragement being gained, um, and I just want to be one of those people doing that. And and I, and I hope for our listeners that regardless of what challenging place God's put you, that you can be saying, but at least in my little world, maybe it's in a I work in a big company, but in my little division, my little cubicle area. Uh, I can be a ray of sunshine and encouragement. Uh, I can't change the whole company, maybe, but this part of the company, I can at least be a godly influence, a positive uh, place. And I've known some business people that the whole company was going dark. It was becoming very shifting, very radically from where it used to be. But there was a faithful Christian that's, that stayed at their post and continued to minister to people, lead people to Christ, uh, help lead a Bible study for those who were seeking truth, even though the the overall company was uh, going to a very uh, difficult, dark place. And and then lastly, just to say as we close, and that is, uh, maybe God does want you to leave. Uh, maybe you you're at a church that's really not preaching the gospel. Maybe it's uh, become far more liberal than you're comfortable with. And when you've got a couple of teenage kids and you really feel like God wants that, that it's very pivotal right now that they be in a strong youth group or where they can have a good church experience. Uh, or maybe you've been there for a while and you're in a vulnerable uh, place right now and you need to be being fed and ministered to. 
uh, more than you're going to be able to be making a difference yourself. Uh, or maybe it really is beyond hope and, and reclamation. And at this point, it's just time to cut your losses and, and get to a place where you can feel good about uh, where you are and what's being taught. Uh, there are times that God may just very well move you on, but uh, don't just stay where you are and be miserable. Uh, either let God help you to be a positive influence where you are or follow God to a place where you can embrace it and say with a breathe a sigh of relief and say, oh, it's so refreshing to be around like-minded people and to hear the truth uh, proclaimed every week. But uh, I think we're going to have to face these issues more and more because a yeah. lot of institutions are shifting and changing and uh, and what the way things used to be may not be that way in the future. And so I think we're going to all have to go to God at times and say, well, I've been a part of this for a long time, but uh, God, are you moving me on? And that's a legitimate question to ask, uh, but, uh, but you need to do it in a God-honoring way mm-hmm. that, uh, that stays positive, that stays hopeful and faithful, whether you stay or whether you go. Yeah, well, that's a great reminder, and uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.